Hello, and thank you listeners for tuning in to the Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. My name is Andrew J. Schreier, and I am your host here to talk about ongoing issues related to addiction and recovery with alcohol and drug use, mental health, and other important topics as well. I have an important issue to talk about today, so what I need you to do is get comfortable, grab some coffee, tea, water, but really buckle up and pay attention. My focus today is to really provide a shift into understanding when we use alcohol, drugs, gambling, pornography, video games, social media, etc. as a way of quote-unquote coping. I hear this all the time from a lot of people, and not just those with a substance use disorder, but from people who indulge in these substances or in these behaviors. Something is going on in their life or happening to them, And they talk about needing something such as alcohol, drugs, cigarettes in order to cope. So I had a long day today and I need a drink or I can't deal with all this stress and I I need to get high. This is like my vice. People say they use these substances or engage in these behaviors because it helps them cope. I know all about coping. Coping skills are critical. They are important. I believe coping skills actually needs to be taught to children at a much younger age. I mean, I would love to teach children coping skills at just a really young age just to see the impact it has on them as they begin to develop and, and grow and experience some of the issues and challenges and problems they face and see how that would help them. Because I believe This should be an ongoing thing throughout schooling, education. I know we have therapy to do that, but I believe learning coping skills needs to be a part of like ongoing development starting really early. And here's a few reasons why. One is that we are not born with coping skills. We are not born with a set of skills that we can just go to when we are dealing with stressors in life situations. Number two When we are taught coping skills, really if at all, it is kind of way late in the game after we have been dealt with significant issues. You know, I'm teaching adults coping skills. If they had learned these in their childhood years, maybe they would have been able to cope with some trauma, loss, and other issues. But most of the time, and this is in the context when they're coming to me for therapy and counseling, it's happening way after they've experienced something and it's become difficult, challenging, it's really hard. And then I'm teaching them coping skills, but I'm just, I imagine what it would be like if they would have learned these coping skills prior to this happening at a young age. And number, th- the third reason is when people don't have coping skills, they will turn to vices or substances or behaviors that don't do anything to really fix or help deal with the specific problem, but serve as a purpose to like avoid, escape, or numb. Because either you're going to find a way to cope with it, you are going to use a vice to escape, numb, or avoid, or your only other option is to sit there with the emotional discomfort. Now, ideally, we want a coping skill that's going to help. If we don't have that, we're left with either a vice or we are going to just sit there with that emotion that is causing significant distress. And in all my work as a counselor and in doing therapy, 
people will choose the vice over just sitting there with that discomfort because it becomes so overwhelming and distressful. My big purpose for this podcast episode is to shatter the idea that using alcohol, drugs, gambling, video games as a way of coping isn't really coping. We need to stop thinking, saying, and believing that when I use alcohol to cope with loneliness, that isn't coping. Or when I use drugs to cope with stressors in my life, that isn't coping. Those vices do not solve your problem. It only serves as a purpose to escape, numb, or avoid. And and people use alcohol and drugs in order to help them, you know, cope with, with a situation. You know, it helps me relieve stress. I need it because it calms me down. It helps me cope with my anxiety. So let's talk about this emotional discomfort for a few moments. We experience a wide range of emotions that can be pleasant and unpleasant. And what we are trying to do is stay in this zone or window of tolerance And that zone is where we're able to accept and tolerate that emotions. We are connected with the emotion, but we're not overwhelmed by it. We can think about the emotion and make choices about how to respond. We can think, we can remember, we can make decisions, and we can still interact and connect and socialize with others. When there is too much intensity, we call that hyperarousal. So the emotion is overwhelming. We become too connected with that. We take the emotion as fact and we, we react to it. We can't think. We become impulsive. We, we are reactive. I mean, sometimes we can even be out of control. This is a state where the emotion becomes too much for us. You know, I can't handle it. I can't deal with this anymore. This is too much. And then often we are looking for like that escape hatch to help numb what we're going through. There is also a point where the intensity is too little, and we call that hypoarousal. So the emotion then becomes shut down. We are not connected with the emotion enough. We're not aware of or even responding to it. We become you know, slow, empty, we're, we're numb, disconnection, and that can even you know, lead to like lack of motivation. And what I see a lot with substance use and other addictive behaviors is an individual goes into too much hyperarousal where the emotion is overwhelming, and then use drugs or alcohol or engage in a behavior to quote-unquote cope, but that sends them into too little hypoarousal, and the emotion is shut down. The problem when the, is that when this becomes repetitive, the window or zone of tolerance, which is where we are trying to accept and tolerate the emotion, become smaller and the individual is increasingly afraid to enter into that. But if we truly want to cope with something, we need to be in that zone. But when we go too much into that hyper and then use drugs or alcohol or behavior, and that leads us to a hypo, which is numbing and avoiding, that window we have in our tolerance for being in that becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. I can see why people initially believe this is coping. You know, it is helping them get through it. The problem is that it's helping you get through the emotional discomfort. And it does that by numbing, escaping, avoiding. So when you get high to deal with boredom, for example, 
It helps you to escape and avoid the emotional discomfort of being bored and maybe feeling lonely or fear of missing out. However, it doesn't actually address the issue of boredom. You see what I'm saying here? Dealing with boredom is being able to manage your emotions and experience them, find something to do to engage in, connect with people and other various things. Getting high doesn't actually address the problem of boredom. Because the next time that boredom comes around, the problem isn't solved. It just goes back to that pattern of using it again. So instead of coping with the problem, what you're really doing is kicking it down the road. Hence the comparison to kicking the can. When someone goes and smokes weed or gambles to deal with their financial problems, it is often not helping to actually address the financial problem whatsoever. You smoke or you gamble to avoid it or not deal with the root financial problems and and you don't want to experience the emotional discomfort that is now becoming really intense. Now you have spent money on weed or gambling and not towards the financial problems. So financial problems in this case represent the can. Now we have kicked the can by smoking weed or gambling and the can is getting more damaged. It is harder to repair and fix now. The more we kick it down the road, it becomes more difficult to address and heal. It becomes more damaged. So now someone spends money on alcohol or gambling or weed. That money didn't go towards fixing the, the financial problem. Now their financial problems are even worsened. But the financial problems never go away or get fixed by doing this. So do you see how using alcohol and drugs or gambling, other behaviors to cope with the situation or problem is actually not coping at all? It's the opposite. You are not dealing with it. You are not handling it. You are not working your way to address it. Instead, you are avoiding, escaping, and numbing. You are doing whatever you can to avoid that zone of tolerance because it seems so overwhelming. The more you do it, the more overwhelming it will feel just at the idea of needing to face it and address it. So, you know, what happens when we numb, escape, and avoid our emotions and problems and continuously kick this can over and over? Let's not forget that these problems aren't going away. So what we did is sort of create a temporary dam and alcohol and drug use attempts to block off the emotions you don't want to experience. So you escape or avoid them, but never really deal with them. And it's not like the emotions are going anywhere. You know these emotions and problems are building up. That's why you become more afraid of facing them. The idea of an emotion now causes distress even when you aren't facing it. Boredom and loneliness are are great examples. Someone is at home by themselves on a Saturday night and then really struggles with boredom, being alone, feeling left out. They use drugs in order to get through that. Now the weekend ends and before the next weekend even approaches, they are already getting anxious about Saturday. Now it's Friday night and they are getting those same feelings again. They don't like it. They know how difficult it was to deal with before. So now on Friday, they get high. Before you know it, they're thinking about and anticipating how uncomfortable it's going to be 
So by midweek, they're already planning on getting high because their tolerance for boredom and all those emotions are so low. But their ability to cope with it has significantly decreased as well. Now they are becoming further dependent on drugs to get through it. So the major problem is that using never gets rid of the emotions and you never get more comfortable with it. I never had someone use it in order to deal with boredom and then get more comfortable with being bored and actually solve the problem of boredom. They get more comfortable with getting high to get through it. They have found their escaping or numbing agent. Emotions aren't going to go anywhere. They are patiently waiting to get your attention. They're going to put pressure on you to feel them. That is why that idea of this is a dam that has been built up, but it's really the emotions are building up and the problems are going unsolved and most of the time get worse. What we start seeing is some of the holes are kind of like now punching through because there's so much pressure and the problems are getting worse. And I'm imagining, you know, that scene in Vegas vacation with Chevy Chase when he's at the Hoover Dam and he's trying to put gum on the on these holes that are leaking and we start to get concerned at first and go right back to drug use because that's what we are getting accustomed to you know that's scary I don't want to deal with that so I'm going to go back and use but what's going to happen is three likely scenarios will eventually occur first scenario is someone continues to use and use as long as possible to avoid facing these emotions and problems. And for some people, that can be a very long time. When you work with people with substance use, and at some point they get some sobriety in them, they begin to feel emotions, it's been a long time since some of them have said they've felt that, even years. Most often it's going back to when they first started using and using to deal with their problems that they they don't remember really feeling those. But some people will continue to avoid that as long as possible. A second scenario is that the dam can't take the pressure of the emotions and problems, and it becomes too powerful. Things fall apart, and the person's life is drowned in the problems that have gotten worse. You can't escape all the financial problems that I'm incurring on or the family issues or employment problems. They will become too much while it will break the dam and then you are drowned in it because you don't know how to cope. The third scenario is that the person stops using, faces the emotions they have been numbing and escaping for a long period of time. They do experience that you know, real strong, you know, emotional connection. And all of a sudden, they learn ways of coping with it in order to swim. So they're kind of like, I need to release, I need to break open this dam and face those emotions, deal with my problems. And it's intense. So I'm not saying, you know, stop using, you know, let go of it. And then all of a sudden, everything's taken care of. Absolutely not. It is very overwhelming. It is very intense. But by developing coping skills, the person learns how to swim. Now, some people may be thinking, you know, I don't have an addiction, and this is what people with addiction do. I'm not talking about addiction. 
People like to use the word vice when it comes to how they cope with situations at time. Did you know the word vice, you know, it means immoral or wicked behavior, but nowhere in the definition does it talk about it as a means of handling our problems, situations, or feelings. The other uh, week there was an article entitled Election Anxiety, Cardi B Smoking, uh, Chrissy Teigen Stress Cooking, and how more celebs are coping. I'm not saying there's anything against what they're doing necessarily. I'm not going to rush to judgment about their behavior. That is not the point of this episode or discussion. The point is that calling this coping is harmful and potentially dangerous. People believing that they can go smoke or drink or use drugs or gamble or play video games or hop on social media to cope with their emotions and problems are not coping mechanisms. What that does say is when you need to cope with something, go do these behaviors. But these behaviors are going to be more avoidance, escaping, or numbing. You see what I'm talking about with children? You know, what this kind of of messaging they are, you know, listening to and seeing that, you know, I'm going to think that I can drink or smoke or play video games as a way for me to cope with something instead of learning about what damage they can do. And let's be honest, there are, you know, children and adolescents who are drinking and smoking and playing video games on, on cell phones, technology, social media, way before they even learn basic coping skills. I mean, take a look at um, what we're seeing with with COVID-19. An article I recently saw was entitled, Drinking, Gambling, Will COVID-19 Vices Linger After the Virus? When you are looking at people dealing with anxiety, stress, isolation, boredom, or depression in relation to, you know, what's going on with changes and uncertainties due to COVID-19, and now you suddenly use drinking or gambling or pornography to deal with that, do you think it's actually solving the problem or helping cope? Or is it more of escaping, numbing, and avoiding? When you have someone who is stressed over financial problems because they lost their job, and now they're struggling to pay rent, bills, utilities, do you think spending money on alcohol and drugs to cope is helping? Absolutely not. So those two articles with the headlines that say coping and vices, I can see why the two often get so mixed up and confused. This is the big reason why I decided to do this podcast episode. They are different. They do two different things things we need to stop calling it coping when that's not what it is here's a real kicker of a question and i pose this question to a lot of people when they talk to me about using alcohol and drugs to deal with a problem or situation if the alcohol drugs gambling is helping you cope with this situation why hasn't it improved gotten better or been solved if smoking weed helps you with your anxiety, wouldn't we be able to say your anxiety has improved or gotten better? I know some people 
who've been using for years and explained to me that it helps them with certain problems or issues, but the problem hasn't changed in years. You know, I know, you know, people would tell me that they've used a certain thing, you know, because they have problems with sleep, but their problems with sleep are pretty much the same today or worse than when they told me they first started using to help cope with it. And in fact, more than likely, the problem is worsened because using drugs, alcohol, gambling as a way of coping with problems leads to avoiding escaping and numbing. It doesn't address the real problem. It doesn't teach you how to deal with it. When you cope with a problem, you don't kick the can down the road and constantly avoid it. When you cope with a problem, you pick it up You experience what it is and the emotions that are with it. And then you find a way to address the problem or situation. This can lead to problem solving. This can lead to growth. And it can lead to healing. To where the problem is addressed. Maybe it's reduced. Maybe it's getting better. Maybe if you keep doing that, you can continue to see results. Using a vice doesn't do that. It masks. Now, here's another good kicker question. When you use these vices in order to cope with what you're experiencing, do you truly find yourself in that zone of tolerance? Do you find yourself being able to connect with the emotion and experience it? To think about how to solve or manage what is going on? And to respond in the best way possible? Or do you find that using alcohol and drugs to cope puts you in that too little hyper arousal? Or too much hyper arousal states? So either you are becoming too... You have too little of an emotional experience, that hypo arousal, it's shutting down, it's numbing... Or are you experiencing too much of the hyper-arousal, which is it's overwhelming, I can't take it, I can't handle it? The big change I'm trying to make in this podcast episode and educating people about this topic is to truly understand what coping is and what coping isn't. We need to change that language of making sure when we talk about or teach coping skills, we are doing exactly that and not confusing it with vices and other behaviors. So, five tips for today's episode. Number one, what cans do you kick? Think about it for a second. What what emotions do you tend to escape, avoid, Or are wanting to numb? What situations do you tend to put off or avoid that end up getting worse? At what point do you find yourself saying, I can't deal with this anymore and you are reaching for that escape button? Number two. And this is a really good question that I've taught people for a long time. That is a really good one to just get your sense of whether or not I'm possibly coping or am I using a vice is ask yourself, 
are you escaping or self-soothing? This is a really good indicator of whether or not you are trying to run away from emotions or face them. When we escape, we feel a certain way and can't deal with it and no longer want to feel that way. When we self-soothe, we are aware of how we are feeling and trying to get to experience it and cope with it. Coping leads to self-soothing and being aware of emotions while vices leads to avoiding, escaping, and numbing. And now here's a little bit on why coping skills is important. This is even take away, you know, the alcohol and drug use. But when I talk with people about escaping or self-soothing, sometimes we can use the same thing in an attempt to go either route. So here's what I mean by that. Take reading, for example. You might be feeling a certain way. Like you might be feeling bored or lonely, you might be feeling stressed out, and it's becoming so overwhelming that you are trying to escape and don't even want to think about it. So you will read a book to take you far away from where you're mentally or emotionally at. You might read a book that is that is fiction, it's totally different characters in the story. You might read a book that takes you to a different time. You might read something that is just entirely different, that it it gets you away from how I'm feeling. That would be escaping. We could also be experiencing the same emotional discomfort, and we might read a book that might help us cope. We might read a book about loneliness or stress management. The difference is when we are escaping, I don't like how I feel. I want to get away from it. Self-soothing is I recognize how I feel. I don't like it, but I need to find ways to soothe myself and deal with it. So when you start to experience that emotional discomfort and you're about to do something in an attempt to deal with it, Ask yourself, are you escaping or are you self-soothing? It's a big indicator that you might be leading towards a coping skill or you might be actually leading towards a vice. Number three, start identifying where you are within the, the window or zone of tolerance. You know, I found, you can look it up too. You can look it up online and get a, a, a picture of it with the descriptions. But I have found that giving that to people and having them understand what that is really helps people recognize where they are when it comes to their emotions and their tolerance for it, their distress of it, their numbing of it. So when you look at that window or zone of tolerance, are you right in that zone where you're experiencing the emotion and can connect with it? Are you suddenly becoming overwhelmed and are reacting? Or has it become, you know, too much to now where you are needing to shut it down and you are numbing it? So now there's too little of the emotional experience. So paying attention, increasing your awareness of where I am around that zone or window of tolerance is a really good, helpful skill to just become more aware of where I'm at. Number four, start using the right language when it comes to coping 
and vices. Increase your own awareness of what you are doing. Is this behavior helping or hurting? Is it addressing the problem or pushing you further away from it? Has this the situation gotten any better or has it gotten worse? So when we see things like this is, oh, someone coping, we need to catch that right away and educate that that's not coping. That is more of you are using a vice. Where are you emotionally with this? So we need to use that right language so that people can really start to, you know, discern between this is coping or this is a vice and what do I really need to do? Number five is you got to start developing coping skills. I just did an entire presentation on building a coping skills toolbox for dealing with, you know, change and uncertainty that we've been experiencing the last couple of months. The entire focus was providing coping skills to help get people back to or stay in that window of tolerance. We need to develop coping skills. Everyone needs coping skills. You know, one thing you can do is just right now, top five. What are your top five coping skills that you use to actually help you stay in that zone, address problems, Look at that list and you might find that, hey, maybe I've got a few more vices on here that I used to think are coping skills. But you've got to develop those skills. Remember, three things will happen. You will use a coping skill, which will help solve the problem, help you manage your emotion. There will be a vice which will often lead to numbing, escaping, avoiding, kicking the can down the road, or you won't use either and you're just going to be stuck with the emotional distress. And I said it before, if someone doesn't have a coping skill and they are stuck between having a vice to numb, escape, or avoid, or they are stuck there with experiencing the emotional distress, more often than not, someone's going to go to that vice. Because the emotional discomfort becomes too much. Vices make problems worse. While coping skills, you know, leads to helping to address the problem where it can be reduced or even solved. Vices never solve problems. And coping skills aren't designed to necessarily solve your problems. They help you to get into that zone or window of tolerance by accessing that area we can think about things we can make better decisions we can come up with solutions to our problems and find ways to deal with what is going on you can't be in that window or zone of tolerance when you are using a vice yes it is easier to use a vice and it is more challenging to use a coping skill and no, coping skills do not solve all your problems. Teaching you to breathe, for example, isn't necessarily going to solve all the problems that you have or that you are facing. Breathing, as an example of a coping skill, 
is one that could potentially help regulate your emotions, help slow down your thinking, help you to stay more rational. By accessing that, you can then focus on solving the problem, making a good decision, thinking about what's the best way for me to handle that. If we don't do that, our ability to solve our problems becomes extremely hindered. And I want to end with this quote that the, the title for this episode is called Kicking the Can, Holding Off Until the Dam Breaks. And the purpose is to really capture that image of what happens when we avoid escape and numb our emotions because of the distress and what happens to the problems as we continue to kick them along. And remember, the dam represents our closing off of those emotions and they are waiting you know, to get through. So here's an amazing quote about what happens when we use vices and not coping skills. Quote, if you know someone who tries to drown their sorrows, you might tell them that their sorrows know how to swim. I'm telling you, you want to learn how to swim and be able to address and handle some of the emotions we experience and the problems life has, you need to start developing some actual coping skills. Let's continue to push towards changing how we talk about this topic so we can improve and get better at coping. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something valuable about the importance of coping skills.